It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lloyd, plus... You're loving him. Mikey McNuggets. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show starts now. Booyah. Hey, here we are. Ladies and gentlemen, we give to you the black Richard Simmons. See, that's funny. I said he looked like he should, be, he should be wrestling with Hulk Hogan right now. It's a look. He looked like he got the dip set Joel Santana bandana on. That's really what it is. <laughs> what G is really changing up the look. He's like, it's almost like he's searching for a lane, well, but he's got every lane covered. Well, it's one of those things. You know how, you know, when you go to, you know, how when NBA and NFL players do the walk up and they sure. get the camera. Yeah. Well, that's G Bush. That's You're it. right. He, every episode, he wants y'all to see how he or, dressed, or how he fit. Every week, yeah. had a different style fit. And, <laughs> yeah, and true. he was like off the charts with it. Yeah. You know? But G Bush is kind of <laughs> our version of Cam Newton. Yeah, man, what you got to do, man, you got to understand, man, you got to really. You know, this is what diversity makes this show go. <laughs> you know, you never know what you're going to hear. We might argue something. You may never know what you're going to see. This is why this show is great. I love it. You it's dre- a good look. You dress like one of them, uh, one of them uh, African dudes that came to the U.S. and they go to the store and they just get a fit. That's, that's, <laughs> what, that's what this looks like right now. Did you just say I, I bought this fit blindly? <laughs> <laughs> In translation, I, I like it. I like it. I, like, I, I, I thought it was fire. I like accentuated it. Did you that or did you? Because nah, you nah, your mom style. Nah, I, I went to the store. This was like, you know what I'm saying? This was one. I think this was one of them outfits. I was like, no, I'm going to get this. I'm not going to tell my wife, though. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if she asks how much it was. Oh, yeah. We're not going to do that. Oh, like that. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. Uh, look. Good to have Tyvis back in the house. We got the shoe chain, by the way. That's the song. That is Fire. We got the yeah. black toe ones on the chain. And you know what I can't wait for? At the end of the show, when we do our reads from our viewers, they never disappoint. Oh, yes. oh they're going to fire him so, up. So what oh, we yeah. got? <laughs> they're going to fire Chat him up. Jack and I done G when he had the hat. Chat, come on. He G listen. is the sixth member of the village people. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first one you see. I'm telling you, you know how they do at the end of the Jerry Springer show where they do the the, the rank session. That you about to get fired up at the hey, end of this show. Come on, chat. We hey, get your best stuff. Out. I know y'all got it. I know you got it. I need you. I need this this inclusion. What what we doing here? Let's I get thought it. it was fire. Let's get it. Big show today. Browns made a coaching move. Uh, they might be about to lose a very important piece to their assistant coaching tree. Uh, Tyvis is going to talk to us about the importance of an assistant coach or a position coach. So I'm really interested to hear what he has to say. To that. A lot to get to in today's show, including the Cavs won again last yeah. night. They've won eight games in a row. They continue to do it with the four shooters in the big. Jared Allen, Respect 12 it. straight double-double. That's obviously a club record. Is it real? Is it fool's gold? We may find out. We got Steph Curry now. Yes. Whoa. Sam Mar- he called him Stan Merrill. I called call Sam him Merrill, Steph Curry on the phone call. I called him a lighter version of Steph Curry. <laughs> a well, lighter I, version. I tweeted out that Sam Merrill is who we thought Max Struess was going to be. I agree mm. with that. No, I didn't mm. see it. He's okay. been great. 
Agree no, Max Struess is cool, agree. but when you thought about getting a shooter, I thought that what Sam Merrill's doing is the type of numbers but that I thought Max Struess was going. By, I mean. by the way, McNuggets, I just want to, I just want to do my victory lap. We're Jason Lloyd. Let me look at the camera. Jason Lloyd, oh, true. This is why you watch summer league. Remember, <laughs> this is what, what Craig Porter Jr. getting minutes, massive minutes. No one's gonna, no one his team's gonna touch the floor, G. No one, <laughs> no one's gonna be there. Rob, and you like Sam Merrill right away. <laughs> Love Sam Merrill. Who, who would have guessed that Amani Bates is the most useful, useless of the three? Oh, come on, man. You're going to punch me. That was mean. That was pretty messed up. It's true, though. It's a fact. It's true. He's just trying to mess up. He want to be down there developing. He's trying to develop. Leave the boy alone while he's growing. He's developing He didn't want G. Bush to ride off in the sunset. He threw one right at his head. Boom. Knocked him off. He grabbed my magic carpet like, hold on, Alex. Yeah, come on back. Come on back. By the way, hold on. Hold on. I did speak to Joe. I did an interview with Joe. Flacco oh, how'd morning. it go? It went very well. Good. Uh, I did not specifically ask him, though I screwed up. I didn't specifically ask him, will you only come back as a starter? He said he, he did say 100% going to play next year. Yeah. Okay. 100%. Okay. The interview will be out tomorrow. We'll play. <laughs> we'll have some clips on UCSS tomorrow before it comes out. Good. Excellent. And, uh, but the, the interview will be out tomorrow. Anything you can tickle us with now? Was there a bombshell? I, Anything I, that made you say, I would wow. say nothing that was a, a <laughs> bombshell. But there were four or five things that were extremely interesting. Nice. His thoughts on, I asked him specifically with play action passes, does it matter if the teams can run well? His answer to that was interesting. I asked him about Deshaun Watson's ability to play in this system. He had an interesting answer. Oh, wow. I asked him about, would it be weird if he came back and some of the players thought he should play over Deshaun? I asked him about that. He so. was. I saw uh, he did another interview with the with the Browns. I guess uh, yeah. podcast yesterday. That was part of my take from and, last week. And I have to say, um, I I think. Oh, the, okay. They that were just part, they just used that. it. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. used it. Could he be more likable? He was. He was great. In fact, I when when we start when, when we record these interviews, we use a thing called restream. Probably G knows it. You know restream, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Anyway, when when the interview's over, I was like. Joe, do me a favor when the interview's over. Just stick around a couple of seconds because we got to save it before you hang up. Right. And he was like, no problem. And I, I was only planning on talking to him for 15 minutes, but he was laughing a lot because I was I, awesome. I threw in a few silly questions. Sure, sure. You know, and, and uh, so he seemed to be having fun. And I could get a sense if somebody's looking to go. So I kept him longer. And at the end, I said, Joe, I apologize. I ended up keeping him 30 minutes. And I said, wow. I apologize if, if this was too long. I, I, you know, I didn't mean to take advantage of your time. He was like, no, it was He's awesome. He's got nothing on his plate now. He was, he <laughs> couldn't have been nicer. Good. And, but Good. this guy, a hundred percent wants to play next year. Did you, 100%. Ask, yeah. did you ask him, is he rooting for Baltimore in the playoffs? That's another good, good question. question. I actually didn't ask him that. That's a good question. No. And, and I, you, I mean, I, I asked him like 12, 15 questions. I couldn't, you know. My guess is he would say him. yes. Of the four teams that are left, he's got the closest tie to Baltimore. Yeah. They did, did, but not, did they, some people get done? I asked wrong. him about the Wyatt Teller story. So I, there's a lot of good. There's a lot of I good do. stuff in did there. Did you offer him a two-year deal? That I said replaced him with. I MVP. did not offer him a two-year deal, but but he really, really appreciated how the fans embraced him. Yeah, that was it. it that meant was, a lot to him, and and yeah. you'll hear all of this. There's some really good stuff. In That's there. great. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing the clips that we bring on the show, but also seeing the entire interview. On your podcast, plug where fans can get that and when you yeah. see it. On YouTube, the bullpen with Adam the Bull. And that's going to be up tomorrow. It'll be up tomorrow. There you yeah. go. All right. Very, very good. Uh, good morning, McNuggets. What's up, guys? Big show, Jay. Glad you got in through the ice. And hopefully everyone Man. who's driving around is safe yeah. on the ice this morning as well. The roads are definitely slippery. Big show, and we're going to hop right into it, starting with Tommy Reese after a quick word from FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapped up, but there's still plenty of time to get in on the playoff action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed just by placing a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. And the best part about FanDuel is that it's simple and easy to use, and there are so many different ways to gamble, including... Live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explorer tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best and easiest way to find popular parlays and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL, an official partner of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. And check out this winning ticket. This is Earl's friend who sent it in. This person made a live same-game parlay at halftime. 
Oh, Dang, of the man. first game turned thirteen dollars into twenty five hundred dollars. Oh my god! Thirteen dollars into two thousand four hundred ninety two dollars and forty seven cents. The legs of this parlay were too long to put on four slides, so we How just showed you there? the winning ticket. Or what did you say? It was a twenty three part parlay that he hit. Oh my! Twenty three part parlay. Oh, he deserves twenty thousand. Thirteen dollars. He put the bet at halftime, so it's a live <clears> bet. <throat> What you can do on FanDuel, the live same-game parlays are awesome. He definitely called $13 to $2,500. If you have a winning ticket, <laughs> we got another sick. monster one tomorrow. Make sure you send it our way, That's and we'll crazy. feature it I've got on a question because I'm not a better. That's a bet you can make while the game is in progress. Wow. Yep, oh, yeah, you can you bet can do at any point of the game so on FanDuel. If I bet, I think that's the way I would do it because not that it always carries over from the first half to the second half, but at least you get a sense. You get a feel for what's going on. Of how things are going. Yeah, yeah they adjust the lines though, so like I'm sure they do. Yeah, right. Mari Cooper. But when to they... hit 23, how many? That's crazy. 23. That should have paid twenty four thousand dollars. But they only bet thirteen bucks, so there's like no risk. Hey, you, thirteen bucks. That's the you, point. You've got a huge reward. You know what? I'm gonna change my strategy. Yeah. See, it, yes, it, it looks like he was taking little safe. Like I'm gonna take Jamar Gibbs for over forty yards. I'm gonna take uh, say I'm gonna say Brian. I'm gonna, I'm, listen, I'm gonna take him for I wish I could bet 60 on the yards, NFL, and then man. boom. My wife's still mad, by the way. By the way, have have you guys all seen the movie The Sandlot? Yes, oh, it's one of Are my favorite serious? movies, of course. Yeah, uh, you never know. But most of these guys have not seen Gone in 60 Seconds, which is a great. Is anybody behind the glass not seen Sandlot? I bet Anthony hasn't. Steve, director Steve, but obviously director. Oh, I was about to say Steve has not. I feel Most like obvious Steve, answer of 2024. What? Steve has no remember, idea what the Sandlot is. Remember when the you know the kid, the main kid in there, like the first time he meets Benny, he's wearing that like dopey fishing hat. Yes, yes. and he told him to put and it in. Kind of looks like Mike in that hat he's wearing today. About <laughs> yeah, sloppy. Bad hair day. Bad hair. Gr- tan hat, like the bill looks that really is, big. Mike <laughs> looks. Mike looks like a trust fund baby that he don't want nobody to know he got bread. He just dressed like that. Don't ask me I'll for nothing. You ain't borrowing no money. The By the way, speaking of FanDuel, you know your son sent me a, a bet yesterday? He Did was, he? He was close to hitting it, too. He said, this is guaranteed to hit. Just play it. Was NBA? Yeah, I said, NBA. I said I got five on it, and I think we he missed it by one or two oh. legs. It was close. It was close. <laughs> the only reason it didn't hit is because the cast was blowing them out, and they Donovan Mitchell hit the bench. So, oh, oh, like so his over was over twenty five. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think he finished. With so, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I was I like, Corey, Corey, you own to something hey, now. By the way, uh, <laughs> a quick shout out to my son. Yeah, he's doing big things at Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Rutgers was never a linear jump school until he went there. Mm-hmm. Since he was the first All-American. He did it four times. Yeah. Since he, since he left Rutgers, there have been, counting women, five All-Americans. He's coached every one of them. Really? And there That's was awesome. a huge meet in Boston on Saturday. Had all the big guns up. Texas, Florida, the big schools. He won the men's. And he won the women. Corey. Wow. And, All right, Corey. He is flat, yeah. killing it. And Jay, and Jay immediately grabbed his contract and rewrote it. And said, no, you know what? In. It's interesting you said that because his girl, who is also, she's still training for the 24 Olympics. Mm-hmm. Uh, she just missed as well in 20, 21. She was just, she just gained admit, admittance, shout out to Maddie, mm-hmm. to Rutgers uh, PA school. She wants to be a physician's assistant. Okay. And she got accepted at USC. She got accepted at some really difficult schools to get into. Yeah. She's brilliant. 4.0, never got to be in her life. <laughs> she, she's now, now, I don't want to say stuck at Rutgers for, four, for the next uh, two years, but she'll be there for the next two years. So likely Corey is not going to accept the job to go somewhere else. Yeah. Because she went to Rutgers PA school instead right. of going to her alma mater USC because yeah. she want they wanted yeah. to be together. I thought you said That's congratu- awesome saying congratulations. I thought you was gonna say I got another one on the way. No, no. <laughs> By the way, has she finally, has she taken my advice and tried the bagel with cream cheese and sardines? What? You know, I don't know, but I'll ask her. You got to ask her that. What did you say? Yeah, Ty, this, Ty, hey, this is a wild. It's a bowl big thing. Bowl yeah, thing. Let's, yeah, bacon is sardines. Bacon. No, no, bagel. bagel. Bagel with cream cheese. And All right, let's dive yeah, in. Yeah, so right, Jay, you it. mentioned potential moving jobs. Corey's going to stay put at Rutgers. Congratulations. Yes. Someone not staying put at their current job is Tommy Reese, who Kevin Stefanski hand-plucked from the Alabama staff to become the new Browns tight ends coach. He's 31 years old, called plays at Alabama as their offensive coordinator. Last year, called plays in 2022 at Notre Dame under Marcus Freeman. Brian Kelly, when he left Notre Dame and went to LSU, wanted Tommy Reese to follow him to Baton Rouge, but Marcus Freeman gave him a giant raise to stay 
in South Bend. This guy's a rising star in the coaching ranks, just he 31 is. years old, and now he's a position coach for the Cleveland Browns. What are the overall thoughts from the panel on Cleveland plucking Tommy Reese to be their new tight ends coach? Guys, you the guys that pay attention to college football more than I do would know the answer. My first reaction was, oh, this sounds like a great hire. So yeah. I tweeted, oh, sounds like a great hire. Right. There were a couple of people that responded to me and said, Notre Dame's offense under him stunk, and Alabama had the worst passing offense they've had in years last year. So I was like, well, I don't know. What's, what do you... If he is an up-and-comer, what is that true, what this, these people said to me? And if so, why do we not blame him for it? Uh, real quick, I don't think there's a single coach or fan in the country who likes their team's play caller. Point in case, Cleveland. Well, yeah, I but- think – I mean, at Notre Dame, he was okay. I mean, they ran a pro-style offense or traditional, yeah. you know, type of offense, so – I guess that's probably why. I mean, and then it was what about in Alabama this year? Alabama, they ran the spread because they had. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. They have what they have. Yeah, they got the quarterback. That's what they do. So, I mean, for him to come to the NFL, first of all, he gets a ton of respect in the college ranks. A lot of play, a lot of people respect him. That, as is, a that is true. So yeah. that's, that's a fact. Now, him becoming a tight ends coach, the thing that – so as a player, you know, because I would go through this. You know, you would look at your position coach. Typically, your position coach in the NFL is a guy that really didn't play your position, which is <laughs> wow. Yeah, no. like, like, for me, as a black dude, it would be like, this white guy's going to tell me how to play corner. <laughs> like, what, what are we talking about? But that's just how it is. Yeah. And the thing that, that gets you to respect your coach is the knowledge that he has. The if he, if he yeah. tells you some stuff, you're like, man, I never thought about it like that. And he makes you better, okay. you'll have the respect. Right. And, you know, obviously, I don't think he played tight end in his career. No, he was a quarterback. In right. I, yeah. And I was about to say, I remember, it's crazy I'm getting old. I remember when he was playing. But it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Was, <laughs> I mean, that's why yeah. we remember him. Yeah, so I think that for him, he's going to have to, the challenge is going to be, you're going to get in a room with David Njoku and maybe Harrison Bryant. You gotta get the. You gotta show these guys some things that they don't know. You know how can they elevate their game? You'll look at their tape and say, "This is some things that you can do better." And they'll look at it and be like, "Huh?" And then you show them clips of showing them how they can get better. Show them teach tape and stuff like that. And that's when guys will respect you. I think he'll do a great job. What I do think the asset that he brings is that since he's run, you know, kind of a pro style offense coming in there and being in those meetings with Kevin Stefanski as their game planning. Now you get another guy that's called plays before. Sure. So now you got another play caller in there with another play like caller. That. Now like you can that. mix your things. Maybe he might see some things or know some like things that. that Kevin Stefanski didn't look at. And so Kevin it'll make seems to do like it by right. committee. Right. So, so it will make it better. I mean, you got to replace AVP. How, what better way to replace AVP with a guy who also called plays. You also still going to get another offensive coordinator in there. So I think it's just Mixing a bunch of worlds to make you know this offense better. Besides all of that, he just played in a spread type offense. Deshaun Watson likes to operate out of the spread. Sure. Maybe he knows some things that's going to make him yeah. better in shot. And, and he can bring some college concepts to the pros that may be right. not there. Like right now, there's a lot of things that that they do in college football to get guys open. And people in the league say you can't do that because you know, hey, it's college. You hit, no one's going to let you get that off. But there's a lot of things that trickle down from mm-hmm. college to the to the pros now because. Those guys are the top picks. Like, they, you want to get a guy comfortable? Run some of the stuff that they do before. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at it like this, but I this I'm just reading the tea leaves. It's just me. I feel like they're trying to level up everywhere, like you said. If I can get a, a coordinator quality type coach to go to an entry level position mm-hmm. at tight end, that means okay, I got I'm that's an upgrade. Now, let me see what I can do with this coordinator. And now if you get a big name coordinator. Now you got a, a difference of philosophy and you got a bunch of guys mixing some of these things up to help come up with this playbook. Because to me, all these hires, all they mean is what, what, how many ingredients can we throw in here to make the best offense? It's something what are you contributing to the overall yeah. big picture? Yeah, yeah. and Not, I do think it's, yeah. a, it's a group effort on offense. Yeah. Because Jason has said that 
Stefanski has zero ego. Mm-hmm. And that lends itself well to having guys like this in the room and say, hey, coach, I've, I've got something for you. Let's, let's, let's kick the tires on this. On the schemes from college transferring to the NFL, Tyvis, you can speak to this. I think there are some things you can bring from mm-hmm. college to the NFL. I think most of those have already been brought over. Um, I've talked to guys about that very thing, transferring schemes and things you do in college to the NFL. What they always say is, it worked in college because there were three really good athletes on Mm -hmm. the opposing defense. (laughs) If you were playing in Alabama and Ohio State and Michigan, there were five. Mm -hmm. In the NFL, there's 11. So a lot of that stuff may not transfer. I think what they did here, and I like this, I think this is a smart move by Haslam's, or whoever pulled the trigger on this, probably Andrew Barry. He is of the... He is. He fits the bracket, the the the, the peg of what is hot right now in, in the coaching circles in the NFL. He's a young offensive mind mm-hmm. with pedigree. Yeah. His father was an assistant coach for the Browns. Jim front Donovan office, told a great guy. story yesterday on the five o'clock show with me. He said he remembers meeting Tommy Reese when he was a young boy. When his dad was an assistant with the Browns, he had him on the field. And they were very excited because the next week they were going to watch the Michigan-Notre Dame game. And Jimmy said to him, oh, you're going to see Michigan, huh? He goes, oh, no, I'm going to see Notre Dame. Now, the young man grew up and became a quarterback at Notre Dame. So I think it's probably his lifelong goal. He achieved it. I love that about him. Mm -hmm. You know, I love that he had a big dream as a young guy, and he went out and he caught it. Um But at the end of the day, I said this yesterday, and I'll say it again about this. We just saw a a talented tight end for the Cleveland Browns, who for every year, the adjective used to describe him was potential. We just saw that tight end unlock that potential, and they fired the coach. (laughs) (laughs) So what are we expecting? You know, at the end of the day, and I don't mean to minimize these positions. I don't. I know they do a lot more, but if it's... If you're going to reward a coach, you should reward a coach when one of his group has a career year. Mm-hmm. The Browns fired that coach. Yeah. So how much it's input weird. Who does knows? the coach really have? I don't know. I do think maybe, you know, G, you talk about bringing some things from college. The fact that he has been in, immersed in college football the last few years, unlike most of the coaches right. in the NFL and certainly most of the coaches on the Browns, that's a perspective of some of the younger players around the league, not just on the Browns, that he may bring to the table that some of the other coaches don't have. Good point. Kevin, how much is Kevin Stefanski paying attention to college football? Yeah. He can't. He shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And But T- Tommy Reese has been locked in on it. One other thing, too. I know he received uh, some criticism for the final play of the national championship. Uh, not the national championship. The Ohio State. The, the, no, the the no, it was, it was the Rose Bowl. The oh, Rose Bowl. Okay. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember a couple of weeks after the game, See, they, they, they were doing like a breakdown of that play. And I, what's Alabama's quarterback's name? Jalen Milrow. And there was an Milrose. RPO option, and the quarterback didn't see the guy in the flat. He didn't yeah. see it. Yeah. The, the, there, there was a, he was impatient on that play. Well, it was, a, so, bad, it was a bad snap, too. So. And it was a bad snap that yeah. played a role, too. Yeah. But anyway, you know, and it, it, it seems like a good hire, despite some criticism. I, I mean, know. yeah. At the end seems of the, like a positive. And the reason that the game is also different from college and the NFL is that in college, they have – Boundary field, the hashes. Is hashes, sure. You and can that, throw them, them, yeah. them, them hashes. <laughs> the so hashes. They, they deep the side of the field. As a DV, as a safety, I'm gonna tell you right now. I used to miss that boundary. It's a lot of field in there. It's a whole, whole lot, lot of field. field. Like, there's, there's not a ton of comparisons I could find of a guy going from the college ranks right into a position coach who was tabbed as, like, the next guy up. Tommy Reese could have stayed in college football and had a premier Power 5 job either at right. Alabama well, or elsewhere. Well, didn't Kiffin do it? Kiffin did it. The most recent one was Joe Brady, who was Joe, Joe Burrow's done. passing game coordinator with Jamar Chase That's and Justin right. Jefferson. He went right from LSU, and he was just their passing game coordinator and with Bill the Tigers. O'Brien. Didn't Bill O'Brien also do it? Yeah, but that, that was past. I mean, the most recent one okay. of notoriety was Joe Brady, who went to Carolina, became their offensive coordinator right. for two years. Then he went to Buffalo as a quarterback's coach and then got promoted to their OC job after Ken Dorsey got fired. So there is a track record of these guys having success moving from the collegiate ranks without any previous NFL experience to having success running an NFL offense or at least contributing to the overall game Overall, though, I'm just judging this on pedigree because I don't know what his philosophy is. I didn't watch Alabama this year closely enough or Notre Dame last year. I just saw each of them a few times. 
nothing stood out to me about their philosophy or their play calling. But to Tyvis's point, he did run offenses that suited their personnel, which mm-hmm. I like. Yep. He can morph. You know, it's not like he's like, nope, I'm, I'm going to run spread, and that's all I'm going to run. Mm-hmm. He can run a pro-style set like he did in Notre Dame. I just like the pedigree. The pedigree of this hire is good. I always like it when teams draft players from Power 5 you know. top schools. And he I also like when coaches Saban. make that jump. Hand-picked by Saban has to say you, has you, to yes, something. Yeah. You, you know what, Jay? Dang, man. I just, that just hit me when you said that. <laughs> man, that's profound. I'm just over here like... So why, so why would you, when you got these, these coordinators, right? I would do this. I mean, I would say, okay... If I'm going to hire a running backs coach, if I'm going to hire a tight ends coach, yeah, any coach can coach those positions. But give me five or so assistants that have all called plays. Sure. Can you imagine the synergy with that? Because they're not just thinking about positions. They are All of them are thinking from a perspective of this is how I need to coach this guy based on the big picture well, of what we need to do. Couldn't that also backfire if every guy thinks he should be the decision maker? Well, it all depends, but yes, yeah, I think On the personalities could. of the people. But I do think, and I don't know this, I haven't seen this firsthand. I've been around Kevin Stefanski just a handful of times. What, what impresses me is because, and this is something I picked up from Jason. Jason tells me this over and over again. The man has zero ego. I'm not and worried I think about from yeah, his yeah. perspective. Sure, no you've doubt. You've got to have for, for it to work. The head coach has to be right. open to ideas from all these positions. But you're right. <laughs> yeah. If you do get a position coach in here, who's full of himself, right. and was formerly a play caller, it might not be long before he's looking at head coach saying he's not doing and this that right. Could lead and to then problems. you could fracture. But I would. My sense is that like, obviously this guy's got a good pedigree, and he was a play caller at. You know, big time university, right? But it was still in college. Yes, he's not coming in here at whatever age he is, thinking, "Oh, I should 31. take Kevin Stefanski's play call." No, no, I don't not, think he's yeah, got no, that. That's attitude. not going to happen. Yeah. But you know what? It also wouldn't surprise me if down the road, in a handful of years, that he's an offensive coordinator. Okay. Sure, yeah, and yeah, he yeah. Seems to be of the ilk where if he does a good job as a coordinator, he could be a head coach well, in this league. When I, I when I used to hire people in corporate America, I used to be, I used to say, "Okay, I sit in an interview and I would say, look, I want people." that I think can do my job, not just the regular worker bees. Like, yes, you have to do certain things to get to that level, but if you hire people that you are already knowing that you're trying to promote, they're going to pay more dividends because they're going to be more punctual. They're going to be more like the thought process. Did you pick that up in a, in a management book? Because that's a brilliant theory that a lot of great managers use. Yeah, you, you, got, you have to be. We just go to the training classes and they say you pick the people who think that could take your job. Because then that means when they take your job, where are you going? Yeah. So it, it makes the whole organization better. And if yeah. I got guys that can think on a bigger picture instead of just on a micro level day to day, I think it pays. It I mean, pays also lots. another another positive about it is he's 31 years old, so like he's not that far removed from the game. He right, can right still up. relate to the players. Yep. He understands the stuff that they're going through because he was just in it like mm-hmm. not too long ago. And that you you get a lot of response from players when they can talk to somebody that's like, oh, you get it, like you understand. Like it's sure. a, opposed to going to talk to Bill Belichick. It's like. Bill, like you, it's been like what seventy years since you put this helmet on. Like you don't understand. So I think from that that aspect, that's Belichick a really played good. college. I can't he remember. Did. Yeah, he played at a small college. Yeah, um, but it's. I mean, he's only seventy one. I think so. It's, it hasn't been quite seventy years. Since he put you helmet, know what I mean? But I get your yeah, point. You know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. When I was twelve, someone forty was had one foot in the grave. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true. I, I was watching a video the other day. Somebody called somebody in their fifties uh, a senior citizen. <laughs> When do you, wait a minute. When do you way. get the discount on like 60, coffee? 65. Oh, 65 at McDonald's. Yeah. You get the discount. You, you get, do the get free. some kind of discount at 50. At 50, on yeah. my birthday when I turned 50, I got an I've AARP been getting magazine. Ma- I've been getting, <laughs> how the hell these people stooping out? I've been getting mail from the AARP for years now. Isn't like, that crazy? Couple years. Like, what are they doing? That's 10%. <laughs> I used to sell these coupon books. <laughs> yeah. But I've never used them because I'm just embarrassed. Like, you get money off movies. Never. Tyvis, real quick before. Before we uh, talk about a different position coach, but you said some of your favorite coaches in your entire career were your position coaches. Oh, yeah. How much of an impact could a position – like, Tommy Reese is a quarterback as a now tight end coach, but how much of an impact does he have and how much – kind of in general do position coaches have 
in terms of the grand picture of putting together an offense well, I mean, they, or defensive philosophy? They they get the best out of their players. I mean, at the end of the day, it's about building relationships. And you, like I said before, if you get a coach that teaches you things about yourself and helps you become a better player, you, you grow respect for them. Because at the end of the day, and a lot of things that people don't understand is that how you perform dictates their job. Their job success is based off of your performance. And if you got respect for that guy, you love that guy, you'll go out there and play that hard because his family is dependent on your performance. So for me, you know, I had, I had obviously my way around the league. I had a handful of coaches, but some of the coaches that stood out the most to me were, you know, Brian Snyder, who was with me in Seattle. Now he's the special teams coordinator for Seattle or no San Fran. He's in San Fran now. Really good dude. Like was the one that was like typing. Listen, 53-man roster, the only way you're going to make this roster, yeah, you you might you can might make it, but if you're not a starter, you got to be on special teams. And he was the first one as a young rookie to get me to understand how important special teams was. You know, a guy like Richard Hightower, he is now the special teams coordinator for the Chicago Bears. HT was like the one that was like, I believe in you. He said, even the people upstairs, they don't see what I see in you. See, special teams, what you don't understand about special teams is that it teaches you how to be better at your position. You know, when you're doing, when you're on KOR, kick off return and you running to go get in to block somebody guess what that is that's middle of the field safety work you're running and flipping your hips and backpedaling and getting ready to go in the post so it's teaching you how to be a better football player uh, when I got to Seattle as a rookie Andre Curtis my, my cornerbacks coach he was the one that was like he's like man I ain't gonna lie I didn't think he was gonna make it but then I found out that you actually good in games. The only you perform well in games. You a gamer. Like I didn't know you was a gamer. He was like, all this time you've been in practice, not doing nothing. You get in the game and you go crazy. So that's crazy. That was yeah. And then K Rich, like my, I think K Rich and Halfley was like my two favorite D D B coaches. Halfley was with me in San Francisco. He was the first one that was like, type of you had a really good week of practice. So you know what I'm gonna do. I'm going to put you in the game. And I'm like, half. Come on, man. Like, listen, we grown men out here. Why would you lie like that? Why? I didn't heard this before. Why would you lie? He said, no, Tyrus, I'm telling you. I'm going to put you in the game. I said, okay. Did he? Sunday come around, we playing Jacksonville. About the, about the third or fourth series, I'm sitting. I just got done with special teams. I'm sitting on the sideline. He like, Tyrus, you ready? And I'm like, oh, you were serious. Let's go. <laughs> and so, yeah, that was – it was just moments like that that, you know, I really respected all my deep, my uh, position coaches. And that's the type of stuff that you can get. They get you fired up. They get you ready to go. They're the ones that's jumping around with you, celebrating with you, if they're not in the box. And you just – How play. much interaction did you have with the head coaches when it came to your job? Uh, the only time you really talk to your head coaches is when you mess up. <laughs> like, really. Or if they're cutting you. So yeah, Titus, or if they cut yeah. you. Like, so like, Titus, yeah. I, I, like, like, but Kyle will talk to you. Kyle Shanahan will talk to you. But, like, during the game, unless you mess up, he, he got – Kyle is an offensive coordinator, so he – that's where his mind is sure. on. So, I'm can, not going to talk you to pull, him. Can you pull up to – be doing prank stuff. <laughs> Could you walk up to the head coach and be like, what's up, dog? Yeah, but but oh, who, who you asking? Like like I want to go because like because like Pete, Pete Carroll. Carroll. Oh my, Pete, have a conversation. What's going on? He's like, <laughs> we be down. He like, Tyrus, we are gonna win twenty one to twenty seven. Watch what I tell you. He take that gum, throw the gum in the, in the stands like this, pull another one on. He's like, Pete, what is wrong with he you? Wow. Score the wrong way, twenty one twenty seven. No, like we gonna win twenty seven twenty one. I'm what's just crazy like, to me, like Pete's a great coach. Yeah, uh, the record <laughs> speaks for itself. The one reason, I mean, I think Bill Belichick is the greatest ever to do at any level of any era. I think Nick Saban's probably Better to Saban. number two. I think Saban's number two. But one of the things that always stands out to me about Belichick, where from, every, from what I can tell, he was different from every other head coach. And there's a lot of evidence to this. When, and he's told this story two or three times. Leroy Horde has said, you can go up to Bill any week of the season, any opponent, division or not, and he will tell you everything you need to know about the man that you're going to go against. It was that kind of intimate knowledge. And the other thing that tells me that he was the greatest coach ever, his assistant coaches, you would think, had a lot to do with his success. I mean, he had a lot to do with Bill Parcells' success. Mm -hmm. Bill Parcells did not have the same success without Belichick on his staff. But when you look at the many, many, many coaches who had multiple opportunities in the NFL to show their wares that fell flat on their face once they got out of Belichick's (laughs) crib, it's astounding. His coaching tree is terrible. Zero. Poison. And he might be one of the only great coaches that didn't have a great 
coaching tree. And they still keep getting chances, and they suck every time. They do. <laughs> Guys have been fired twice. Well, yeah. They get a third well, job. You're the like, quarterback is a big part. I'm about to say, like, he might it's a huge like, part. Belichick's record without Tom Brady is a losing record well, in his career. Look, now, you can make an argument that he's lost his fastball, yes, and I think there's now. something to that. Yeah. But I still think for his body of work, I don't even want to argue it. I it, think he's the greatest to ever do it. It is interesting that the Falcons, I don't want to go off track so real quick. It's interesting the Falcons have interviewed him twice and he's just not gotten the job. Well, who was it that said it? Let's face it, the Falcons aren't interviewing him. He's interviewing the Falcons. Uh, okay. Tell me about a time you've overcome an adverse situation. How about being down 28-3 to in the Super Bowl? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, speaking of head coaches, that was, by the way, that was speaking about head coaches, by the way, we're going to talk about another great. head coaching change in the NFL that may affect the Browns <coughs> after a word from game time. Have you guys ever had a difficult time finding tickets to an event, a concert, maybe a Cavs game on this eight-game win streak, and you just couldn't find any last-minute deals that fit your price range? Well, game time has the answer. They have killer last-minute deals, and the best part is – they have all-in prices, so you don't get hit with a fee at the end. You can see the view from your seat, and their best price guarantee takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. If you find a ticket with a better price, you show it to them, and they'll give you a credit for 110% of the difference. If you're looking to buy tickets anytime, you better be doing it with Game Time, and it's easy. Just download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. That's once again promo code locked on for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Uh, yesterday, Brian Callahan, the son of Bill Callahan, is reportedly going to Tennessee to be their new head coach to replace Mike Vrabel. Mm. And there's a good chance that he takes his father, Bill Callahan, the current Browns offensive line mm. coach, mm -mm. with him down to Nashville. If that is the case, yeah. <laughs> how big of a loss would it be for the Browns if Bill Callahan, their elite offensive line coach, is no longer part of this offensive staff? It's going to hurt. I'm not going to lie to you. If, if that comes across the Twitter timeline or the phone and Bill Callahan is gone, <laughs> after what he did this season, you know, with, I mean, this, this season more than not show how important he is to this, to this staff. And if he gone, man, it's oh we. Uh, I mean, I, I I'm gonna be happy for him because I mean, the chance to coach with your son, I'm like, not happy for him. like that's great, like that's <laughs> great, like that. I think about as a father, I get to coach with my son. I'm like, not that's, trying to, I'm not trying to. I'm see just the saying that's great. Like, stop playing. Yeah, Put your so, biases to the yeah. side. <laughs> By the way, but I'm, as a Cleveland Browns fan, I'm gonna be like Brian oh, Callahan man. had been the longest tenured offensive coordinator in the league. That's how quickly that position changes. He's only been there a handful of years. Like four hasn't? years, I think. And that's Five. the longest tenured OC. I, every, I think every OC now in the league got a head coach will have been hired <laughs> twenty twenty two or later. Oh my god! I think I got to double check that, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. That's Ooh, astounding. Obviously, this is a huge deal if the Browns lose Bill Callahan. He's yeah. been there, the most important position coach they've had probably in the fourteen years I've been covering this team. I can't think of anybody more important than him as a position coach. No. He has done magnificent work. His reputation is mm. as good as it gets in the league, right? I mean, does anybody have a better reputation? Hell, he's coached in the guy? Super Bowl. I mean, the you guy's know, phenomenal. So now, I think at this point, it's all just assumptions. Nobody is said. There's not like a report from Schefter, or it's not like he said, "Oh, I'm definitely going to go with my no, son." No, but it, I mean, just it's, connecting dots. Right? Makes sure, sense. It, it, it's definitely a possibility. But at this point, it's just. Assumptions. We don't know for sure that's going to happen. Right. But, uh, gee, you look like you're going to panic. Man, I don't want to see them happy. What's it's wrong with you? That's messed up to it's, say. It's just, on the Callahan. It's that's just messed like, up. It's like a, like a Mary J. Blige album. Don't nobody want no happy Mary J. We want the pain, gut-wrenching, love ballad Mary J. When I was loving you. You were busy loving someone else. We love you. I sacrifice. That's what we That's what we want. We want the heartache and pain. But nobody wants to see Bill Callahan go with his his son. His son will be all right. He saw him off to college. He good. He <laughs> saw him off. <laughs> he saw him off. He, he hugged him at the. He, come on. Yeah. We, we need you, bro. We need you. You know, Jimmy Haslam can fix this. They, and I'm expecting him to step up and write a check. Big time check. Is, well, is it any money that can amount to you playing with your son? <laughs> Where you at? What are you talking Everybody's about? got a price. How many people can say that they play coach with their son? Yeah, but come on. He's made enough 
Yeah, he's Everybody's made got, enough money. If he wants to go coach with his son, he's going to do it. No yeah. If they are, true. But yeah. if Jimmy wants to make a, a run at keeping make him, it harder, he can do it. Sure. Listen, well, I'm going to tell you right now. We know how good he is because, listen, Dewan Jones, former Buckeye, all his issues weren't on the field. It was off the field. He came in. Obviously, I think Mary Kay was saying that he struggled the first day OTAs. Like, throwing up. Yeah, all of, of that stuff. And to think about that guy. Turned into what he was this season had a huge part because of Bill Callahan. I mean, so, he made those two uh, stiffs they had playing <laughs> tackle the end of the year serviceable. I did, listen, that money thing. Listen, money had changed a lot of things. We all sit up here capping. They, they <laughs> give us enough money. We'll be separate from our wives for about six months. Baby, don't even worry about that. I got the hotel. I'm gonna bring this money. There's Alaskan fishers that go out and get salmon on Alaska for in a whole oh, no. on day. And Bill Callahan that doesn't need to go ship uh, sailing for fish. That's, well, not, that's what he's doing over there. That money, that's not true because at, right now, the way I am, there's not a, it's not a really good amount that you could give me to separate, to be separate from my family. You already do it. A million dollars right listen, now. You, you spend, listen, you spend most of your time on the road. These yes. two, these two would understand. <laughs> it, it's different now because y'all kids are older, but when yeah. y'all kids was young and when you put that key in the door, yeah. And you heard them feet running. Yeah, nothing like it. It was the best feeling there in, the world. Like in the world. And you could not was, just be away from that for six like, months. Let me tell you something. You used to play in the NFL. You was going. I had no true. kids either. <laughs> <laughs> you know what makes that pitter pat so great? You don't have to be home with it twenty four hours. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> sick. Uh-huh. My wife used to when I'd come in and the kids would run to me and jump up on me. She'd look at me and be like, hate, 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 yeah. hate you right Dude, now. Dude, you know how close yeah. I am with my son. Right. Like, he's my best buddy. You take your son with but you. But if, if you told me I had to go away for six months to make a few million dollars, and yeah. everybody would be okay with that. Yeah. 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 FaceTime, Aaron. Yeah. FaceTime. He's older, yeah. though. Nuh-uh. No, like, these are these are critical I like moments. I like this my son critical way more moment. now that he was one. When he was one, he was annoying. He didn't, <laughs> know, they didn't do anything. You know, they shit, they sleep, that's it, they cry. There's Tyvis, nothing interesting. Tyvis don't even. Tyvis won't turn down free podcasts to go on. Let alone he's talking about he ain't gonna take eight million and live in LA for a couple wait weeks. Wait a minute. Where do I do the podcast? At? <laughs> My house. But you, you tell you, then you gotta have an Airbnb, a house, a condo, whatever you want. Six months. We gonna get. You How much are we talking? Man, five, six million. He was like, he was like, hold on. It's a lot of money. See ya. I have to baby, ask the we'll lieutenant. I have to baby. ask the lieutenant. I, I'm just saying, baby, this is good for us. This is good for us, babe. Babe, come I'm on. I'm a six Hello? million, man. That's, <laughs> babe, that's a lot of money. That much, she'd be kicking you out the door. Uh, Bill Callahan's made his money. Yeah, he, he, no, he doesn't it. need he whatever, whatever his salary is from the Browns. He doesn't need it. He, he can live up just fine without it. He cool. But here's the thing. There is something special about this yeah how many coaches have done it i don't know did did lane and monty ever coach on the same staff yes. yeah they did. i think maybe one or two years they lane did. brought monty yeah. on as his d coordinator the only time um, we've seen it is with guys who were longtime head coaches eventually bringing kyle in and start. mike shanahan right kyle but, was an assistant on mike not staff. we've never I, I can't remember it this way well where, where, the, the, where the, the son, son, hires, the son the hires the dad well i think yeah. lane well, kiffin lane, hired lane monty kiffin. his father oh yeah lane kiffin, right. yeah oh, man. but it is kind of cool. It all yeah. depends on, you know, and, and there might be there might be something to this, too. I love my dad. I don't want to work with my dad. That's right. true. There we might no be idea. something to that. Yeah. So it all depends on the kind of relationship they have. But look, if he leaves, I think everybody's going to understand. Of but course. to answer Mike's question, it's a big deal. there would be yeah. no bigger loss this team could suffer as from an assistant coach perspective yeah. than to lose Bill Callahan. The job that he has done, he's widely regarded as not just the best offensive line coach, I've heard guys refer to him as the best non-head coach. Yeah. Meaning right. all the coordinators, offensive and defense. Mm. And if I'm not mistaken, isn't he also the run game coordinator? He has to be. All, yeah, he, all well, offensive line. Not all two. of them. Well, mo- did but, your but a lot of them. But I think he also is the run game coordinator. Look, if I'm, if I'm his son, I absolutely want this guy's wealth of experience. He's coached in the Super Bowl. He got it handed to him, but yeah. now, 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 here, now here, you, know yeah, you could have left that part yeah. out. Well, we Six weeks ago, we were having conversations about could the Browns lose Jim Schwartz? Yeah, and now the whole offensive staff is in shakeup, and there is—I haven't seen Jim Schwartz connected to a single job, and there's been a lot of open jobs. And I've asked around too those that cover yeah. the coaching circles, and they have said he is off the radar. That the ship has probably sailed for him as a head coach. He's a they coordinator. They didn't definitively say that. 
They said, look, if he comes back next year, has the number one ranked defense, and the Browns go to the Super well, Bowl, someone will hire him. He may just be like Wade Phillips, though. He's one of these guys, like, Could not be. a good head coach, great assistant. Arguably, yeah. though, I think the ship may have, ship may have sailed on defensive coordinators. Like d- defensive-minded head coaches. Well, that's, that's very true. You that's, see some, but yeah, most I mean, of the most of the head coach hires are offensive it, guys. Although the coach of the year this year came from the defensive side, D'Amico Ryan. If, oh, he if, won it. If he, no. Oh. In my mind, he should win it. Why? You because of the playoff game? And I, the vote had to be in before the playoff game, right? right. So that's unfair to say because of the playoff game. Yeah. However. Is, yeah. I can't wait that <laughs> from my mind. It, it was right already before end. that. Yeah. Most of the coach yeah. hires are uh, offensive from guys. Offense, yeah. The young coaches. And you and, and defensive guys, it's hard for them to save their mo- their own selves. Like if you under if you under a fire because your team ain't playing well and you don't call the defensive plays, then like how can you save yourself? You it's up to your offensive coordinator and your quarterback to do something. But if you're a young coordinator who calls plays, you could change a lot of stuff. What's funny well, though is Brian Callahan didn't call plays. Zach Taylor called the plays. Now, yeah, I read that this morning and yeah. I thought, why the hell is he such a hot? Everybody wanted to. Do you remember him. when he was interviewing and Jay? You were like, he's not going to get a job. He doesn't call plays, and he got a job. Wouldn't have, wouldn't have expected it. I mean, because it, that part of it is outside normal. I, I just think you know, it's become commonplace that the head coach calls plays in many situations. <laughs> well, that's, not, that's not fair in this situation because yeah. why does he get to get the head coach's job, but Eric Bieniemy couldn't? That's a great question. That's a. Great I mean, question. I know the answer. Speaking of while but, we but on, while we on that topic, shout out to the two first head coaches <laughs> that got hired. That was African American Antonio Pitt. First of all, that's what we need to be. It need to be former players as head coaches. I agree with that. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Although the greatest of all time didn't play in the NFL. Well, it's a new day and age. And the greatest, <laughs> it is the greatest current coach in the NFL, Andy Reid, didn't play in the NFL either. That's right. But there is something interesting that we can point out about. The, we know the league is a copycat league. And we know that lately, the last decade plus, the coaches that are getting chances are young offensive coordinators. However, because it's a copycat league, and because everybody's looking at what D'Amico did in Houston, Maybe and now, even though most of what they did there was on the <laughs> offensive side of the ball, mm-hmm. it, you might see another defensive-minded coach get a chance well, to be a head coach. Antonio again. Pierce, I mean, he did. Well, he, 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 he did played. But most interim coaches don't keep their job. So it was still an accomplishment. That's true. Job. That is most true. Most of them, even if they do well, they usually. Well, you we, know. We saw Rich Passaccia in, in and, Oakland. He and you, well know, you know why he kept his job? You know why Antonio Pierce got the, the job? Because Max, Crosby, Cause Max Crosby said if he don't get the oh, job, yeah, all things out. is on the table. I'm yeah. out of here. Well, Antonio Pierce did a great job. And he is of a similar Ilk because he's a young, you know, youngish, sure, uh, defensive coach. Yes, who was so, an excellent player. There's two. Yeah. So you telling me I might as well just go ahead and apply it if that's the case? No. I've recommended many times to you that oh, you I'm should not coach, doing. But I'm you not, don't want that lifestyle, especially you know not what? at the when collegiate I level. At Antonio at ESPN. Yeah. I asked him the same thing, and you know what he said? No, 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 no. I'm good right where I am. <laughs> I'm undefeated. And I don't have to work 18 hours a day. Yeah. That's what Leroy said yesterday. He just doesn't want to work. That, that's I mean, most guys, I don't have a problem working. I just. It, one, you talk about not seeing your family. Yeah. Oh, one, my God. One last little thing on Callahan is, okay, well, look, I know this is a, a bad thing to say because we don't know. You know, he, you put yourself out there. Callahan is probably going to be here until he doesn't want to be here. Oh, 100%. But he, yeah. he can go over there with his son and get shadow round. Like, if they get fired. True, but. <laughs> like. But. He could get any job if he did if he did get fired in Tampa yeah. or uh, Tennessee. Tennessee. Well, is his son going to ever fire him? His, well, son, his, son, his, his son, son might son get got fired. fired. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, you're looking at least three years. Most coaches get yeah, at least get three. It's Do they? Yeah. It just goes so sideways. If they don't have a quarterback. I, I guess know. hell. And the par- Carolina this year. I'm about to say Carolina and Jacksonville. You know they, cr- they didn't make it through the year. Yeah, but what's crazy to me in both instances, they took the wrong quarterback. Oh, why did Jacksonville take the wrong quarterback? Well, when Jacksonville took Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields was available. Is, Trevor they, Lawrence is better than Justin they, Fields. Trevor Lawrence, he is right now, but he, <laughs> he's Zach going Carter this way, coach. and Justin Fields no, is going this way. Urban. Oh, yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I thought everybody thought Urban was going to take Justin Fields. I would still rather have guy. Despite Lawrence's ta- ba- bad ending the season, I'd still take Lawrence over Fields. You know who's going to be the hot guy this year? Justin Fields is going to be if he pursued. Goes, if he goes to Atlanta, Hard. it's a wrap. No, no. you know where he's going. P- if he go to Pittsburgh. Welcome to the AFC North. If he go to Pittsburgh, I'm no, sorry. If he, he ain't going to Pittsburgh. He go to the Falcons, it's a wrap. 
That, well, they ready. It's interesting to me if Belichick gets that job and gets Justin Field. Like that's not the prototypical quarterback that Bell has ever worked right. with. It's you a know new what, day and age. What's I, funny I is people is. are now getting hot and bothered over Justin Fields and uh, Mitch Trubisky. He had a good year. Oh. Mitch Trubisky's best season in Chicago was way better than Justin Fields' best season. It's not even close. And there's <laughs> one <laughs> big sucks. difference. But there's legs. one big difference. Mitch Trubisky had legs, uh, not like Justin Fields. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think you guys have forgotten you. that Mitch Trubisky was a good runner. Trubisky what were his was rushing touchdowns and rushing yards in his Pro Bowl season mm-hmm. in Chicago? Uh, I can if, pull it up. If he had time. Justin Fields like numbers, I've forgotten. Yeah, I, I forgot I, him. They weren't I, as good as Justin Fields, but he was still good. It I was mean, like a big I think factor. He was, I wouldn't call him a runner, but he oh, was mobile. I, I think he was a pretty good runner. Go what was the numbers that year, Mike? in 2018 when he made the Pro Bowl yeah. threw for 3,300 yards, God, 24 touchdowns to just 12 interceptions, and then ran that season in for 448 yards and three okay. touchdowns. Okay, give me them fields. I mean, that's now. pretty good. How, awful? Many, right, how, how, many running back, how many quarterbacks have more than that? Like let three me, or four guys? Let me what did Fields have this year? Well, numbers. he was hurt a lot, too, yeah. this year. Justin was. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And by the way, uh, Justin what, Fields led the Bears in rushing, so it's definitely more yeah, than that. Yeah, that's what I'm uh, saying. I don't think he's Justin Fields type Justin, runner, Justin ran for 657 yards. In, in, in how many games? 13. Yeah, so By the way, we're going to talk that, later. That to like an 800 year. or an 850 season. We're going to talk later about Deshaun Watson. And, and basically the only Excuse argument me. to defend Deshaun Watson at this point that people like to bring up is his win-loss record. Right. But if we're judging by that, Justin Fields is the worst quarterback in the NFL. And, and you know, what's P.J.'s win-loss yeah, record? Yeah, exactly. We got one more oh, thing really? we get to Watson. Phillips, though. but look at his <laughs> touchdowns to interceptions. Yeah. Ty, we got one thing before we get to Watson. This will be quick, but. It, came, it got brought up this morning. It wasn't in the initial rundown, but I do think we should spend at least five minutes on it real yeah, quick. If you're watching, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, do us a favor. It helps us out a ton, and we appreciate everyone for spending their mornings with the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. But Stump Mitchell, the recently let go of running backs coach for the Cleveland Browns, has been doing a little bit of a media tour, and he sat down with a different TV station in the city of Cleveland yesterday. He was asked what he kind of had the most regrets about during his tenure in Cleveland. And, G, I'll let you kind of set this up. I watched it. I don't think Jay and Bull have I seen did not this see yet. But no. uh, he said his biggest regret was he couldn't get the most out of Kareem Hunt during his time here and essentially kind of threw Kareem under the bus saying he was always inconsistently late for meetings and practice. G, will you echo that to make sure I'm not <laughs> I was over-exaggerating? <laughs> I, I, I tweeted it at first because I only saw a snippet of it. I, I, I heard him say, you know, uh, I couldn't get the most out of Kareem. And basically, we tried to have people have interventions with him or whatever the case may be from Deshaun Watson or other quarterbacks to get through to him. And then I watched the long length. And I threw, when I watched the short length, I threw it out. I said, is it me or, like, he got some problem with, with Kareem Hunt? And I was like, let me see. I went to the whole full length. Yeah. I watched the full length, and he went in. He basically said, and it was unsolicited. She's like, you know, talk about some of the guys that you've uh, coached and their impact and, you know, pretty much do you have any regrets or anything that things went? It was like, well, you know, if I have one regret, um, you know, I just could get through to Kareem Hunt. You know, Kareem, you know, he's a he's a good player. I think, you know, we could have – I didn't get the most out of Kareem. I wish you know, I, I gave him multiple opportunities. He would come to meetings late. You know, he would be, you know, guy, one of the, the first guys off the field. And I even had, you know, some quarterbacks like Deshaun reach out to him and stuff and uh, try to get through to him. But we, we, I was just never able to get through to him like that. I'm like, dang. That's shocking. That's unsolicited. I'm not surprised. I'm, uh, I'm, no, no, it's not, I, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not surprised. About what he said, uh, I'm surprised oh, I'm that he said that. Yeah. I was like, they don't do that. I wish, yeah, I wish he wouldn't have did that. Like, like I'm glad he did it. I wish he wouldn't have did that at all. That's not. That, that. Does that change? I know you <laughs> guys. Yes, it does. I don't want. I didn't want Kareem Hunt back to begin with, yep. assuming Nick Chubb is back. But does that change your mind on oh, wanting oh, him back? Oh, hold it on. does. Yeah. Hold on. Oh, watch this. Yeah. 
<clears throat> there's a code, bro. <laughs> it's a code. You can't the same way coaches don't demon, admonish coaches we in the media. We talked about this yesterday. You can't, as a position coach, admonish that man in the media without giving him an opportunity to speak on that. Like that, and he's a free agent. Wait, but but that's but, what I'm saying. But I disagree with that. Sounds like he's given him a lot of opportunities. He gave him all kinds of opportunities. But here's the thing, though. If you go, if you cared about it like that, man, you had to do that. You had to do that privately. That's what I'm saying. Because you could go to him yeah. like, listen. Wait, wait, guys. I I'm sure that was done privately. He said it was done privately. Well, he didn't but need to you, put it on. You didn't need you the world to put that on that. wax. But but so, I disagree. And let's have that discussion. Let's have that As a parent, particularly when one parent wants to rule with an iron fist, and the other parent's like, "Oh, let the boy go." There's there's differences there. The problem is if you decide to go lenient, and child takes the wrong road. Now there's division between the parents who couldn't come up with the with the parenting philosophy. The parent who wanted to be strict is saying, we gave him rope and look where he went. So there's always going to be that. I take this, I'm a little concerned. Did Stump Mitchell go to Kevin Stefanski and say, coach, I'm on him as hard as I can get on him. He, he needs to hear this. For, sounds like he said, I tried interventions. This this criticism didn't come out of left field when when Kareem heard it. He was shocked that he went public with it, but sometimes you've tried everything you can with the player and they just aren't listening. Maybe this is yeah. the nuclear weapon that you're using not to hurt the player. Oh, that's going to hurt him. Jay. But to help <laughs> that's, the player. That's hurt him. I might say that's well, definitely going to hurt. But wait a second, guys. You're saying like it's going to hurt him because he's a free agent. Maybe that's why he didn't get signed last year. Don't it's, you think, you, that's don't you what think I was known around the league already. Th- that, and and which team knew his work ethic? My, my, yeah. thing, my thing is this. You you want to go with the with the child and parent route. So let me ask you this. Let's say one of your kids is struggling in school. Yes. Right. And they, the teacher said, would you rather that teacher call you and say, hey, you know, I just want to let you know that your son. I need to know that. OK, I perfect. Of course I, or yeah. would you rather them say, you know what, let's let's get on the P.A. Corey Crawford is struggling in math right now. Corey Crawford never made over a million a year to be a math student. What difference does that make? What difference does it make? All I'm asking you is, is would you rather, that's his job. Would you rather the teacher come to you privately or would you rather her get on the loudspeaker and blast into the whole world? What I'm telling you is sometimes the scarlet letter isn't the first, isn't where the discipline train starts. It's where it ends. So so, So what I'm saying is, He's telling us, we tried interventions. I tried everything I could to get through to the player. My regret is I couldn't. So maybe he's doing this not to spite or vindictive or anything else. Maybe he's doing that because he says, I don't know what else to try with Kareem. I love Kareem like a child, but he can't succeed What you don't realize is it's done. It's over. Kareem might not play another snap. I don't. Game. I don't agree with that. Oh, no, I, I think coming definitely. off, coming off, he scored nine touchdowns you, you in the regular yeah, season. Yeah, but nobody cares. You want bet? I will bet you that Kareem done. Won. It's, it's done. another character. Everybody see this, right? Hey, it's done. Everybody it's see this. He's done. He's done. Last year, Jamal Williams had seventeen touchdowns and he barely played. I get. Listen, I understand. I don't think nine touchdowns. He's done. I mean, he averaged three yards a carry. What's the hardest thing in in football to do? Score touchdowns. Punch it in from the one. Okay. But, Look at the number of teams that have no problem but, moving but, it between but, the 20s. But, but guess what? He's a running back. Now he, he's, but he, he, he has a, a, running back. He's a terrible uh, work ethic. You can't get through to him. So why would you bring him I, I in? I would say, listen, I, Someone I, will. I, I, I no, they won't. I don't think we're going to. It's over. I, I, I get what you guys are saying. I think we got to look at it this though, but forget forget whether he should have said something or not. Now that he has, does it change your opinion on whether you want on back? Well, well, no. I didn't I, want I, him we, back no, to begin no, with. No, we we skipped over the big thing. My <laughs> part, the biggest thing is this. Stump. Let me just keep it real with you. This might be it. Just might be. He a, broke a the hot bro take. code. <laughs> look, yeah, I don't you can't do an interview, right? You just got let go. Okay. Okay. Right? You just got let go. Mm-hmm. You said all glowing things about your organization and people who control your job. Mm-hmm. The reality of it is those individuals above you, they got rid of you and you could have had an extra grind on the way out, but you didn't say nothing. But yet and still you chose unsolicited to talk about Kareem Hunt on the way out. 
That's a parting shot. And by the way, it works both ways here. If you are a guy like if you if you're looking at what Stump Mitchell did, they could look at him and be like, "Well, we told you multiple times, don't leak no information." Yeah. <laughs> Pause. Yeah. We, they, we told you, we're gonna keep this in house. And it could hurt his ability to get no, a job. No, the irony but, of all this, though, guys, is he was fired for leaking information, and yeah. now he's talking to the media, and we're yeah. surprised. But but no, but here's the thing: if I, if Kevin Stefanski and the media came out and said, you know what? The reason we got rid of Stunt Mitchell was X, Y, and Z. He was a chatty patty. He couldn't keep nothing in the house. <laughs> and you know what? I, we like what he do in the field, but as an organization, that you can't have loose cannons. We would have been critical of them. You would have. You yeah. people would have been like, "Wow!" Because guess what? Stunt Mitchell will never get another job right, because right. his coach was on record. That's saying, fair. But gee, I think we're. I still think we're ignoring the fact that Kareem Hunt was a bad teammate. If he wasn't working hard, he was a bad teammate. Allegedly. <laughs> wait, well, wait, it's so made it up. Uh, we no, don't no. know. I got you got to hear from he got an opportunity to rebuttal that. Sure. I, yeah. I, I mean, I would love to hear what Kareem Get has him on to the say. podcast. Steve book him. Let's go. I would love yes, I would love to hear what he had to say because it's, it's fascinating. We'll because but if it's true, he was a bad teammate or if it's true. Yeah. Now, the the theory, maybe and I'm going to give something definite out on this. Maybe the reason stump came out against it. It was that was listed as one of the reasons why they let him go because <laughs> there's a situation with Kareem Hunt. You didn't get the best out of him. Well, but see, I think I think they got more out of Kareem than anyone thought they were going to get. I did too. Jason was saying he's got three. He's on three wheels. A lot of people. He here's was. What he was asked to do. I think he was on three. He wheels. was asked to be a short yeah. yardage back. Well, he punched that ticket. Well, we don't know that, Jay. Maybe they would ask him to do more if they thought he could do more, but they didn't think he could. If they thought he could, they would have brought him back without without not bringing him back originally. They and must maybe have they said, didn't because they knew he could. They must have said, yeah. he's at the end of his rope. He doesn't work hard. All he's good for is the short yardage stuff. We've got Nick Chubb. We're good. Nick Chubb goes down. Now, all of a sudden, they're looking around saying, who's going to get Third and goal yeah. from the line. I, I would I just Tyvis is right that Kareem's not going to get a job next year. Awesome. But I we'll see. I think he probably wasn't getting a job anyway. That could have been, been, been true too. We'll find out. I mean, yeah. Jay. I just think there's a market for a guy that does what he does. Jay, the guy there's was there's a market for that. The guy literally was sitting at home after a whole. When, when did Kareem? I mean, when did uh, after we? So, he yeah, he'd been Kareem. sitting at home like did nobody call him? He didn't get no. We did, I don't even think he worked out. No, for he anybody. did get calls. Did he work according out? According to his agent, he was deciding which offer he was going to take. Man. That never came to fruition. <laughs> no, you've heard that. <laughs> the agent could be full of crap. They usually are. Yeah. They usually are. But what we know came to fruition was when the Browns lost Chubb, who did they call? I just, and they knew what his work ethic was because he'd already so been me, on the team. All right, so let me ask you this. God forbid some, Chubb's not right next year. He may not be at the beginning of the season. Will, will they bring him back? No, and there's and I don't want to there say it's go. because of stump. I don't want to say it's because of stump. There you go. The Browns have also made the Why not? There is a, Ford's not the guy There either. is a need for short yardage yes. and goal line situation. There is, but here's what you're missing. Ford isn't the guy. Okay. So they have to get another running back. Okay. Because they don't have Chubb, and they'll know that when they're going out to look okay. for him, they're going to find somebody that can do the dirty work. Somebody, and there is a role for so, guys that do the dirty work. So they just go run with the dirt, the new guy. In I don't four. know who that new guy is going to be. I don't know, but I do, I do believe I, I they're going to be. I'm just saying for, for a guy that punched in nine touchdowns last year, and there's such a need for short yardage and goal line situation. Listen, I don't it, would be, it would be unbelievable that they don't bring him back, especially a no, guy that they already know can get not it done. To me, but they already know what. What you know what said that Browns would know all that. Yes, they don't need. They? they don't. By the way, they don't need Stump Mitchell to confirm what they already know about about Kareem Hunt. They don't. Now, I think it does change the image of Kareem Hunt to the other I, thirty-one so teams. Cool. But oh, it was yeah. it's so it was so unsolicited. I'm go ahead, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just didn't see it coming like that. I was like, Dang. who would have guessed that? I wouldn't have guessed that. It came Nobody out of the blue because it wasn't even a twenty question. It, but you know what? Kareem Why Hunt? was he fired? That's the weird. Loose part. lips. Yep. Sink ships. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we done went around. True. You know what? He done went around. That was a cold. He done, that was a back door right there. That was yeah. crazy. No, what I'm no, but saying I'm just saying. On the surface, I'm like, wow. If here's the thing, if you would have said. There was a coach that said something about a player. Yeah. You would look at that and go, oh, my God, that never that happened. That never but happens. But then when you would say, but the player was K- Kareem Hunt and the coach was Stump Mitchell, then you would say, oh, okay. Stump, that kind of makes up. sense. Stump <laughs> likes to talk. Don't give it. 
Yeah. First of all, yeah. how often do you see a fired coach do a sit-down interview <laughs> with a television station? <laughs> None. That he is true. And, I know. He's, like on a, he's on a rehabilitation and, tour. And he had that. He, and he had the Maury Povich to the side angle like this. Man. <laughs> Wait. That how three quarters how angle. The coffee and the cross legs. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> uh, we, got, we got to get to our next topic here. Oh, and this man. topic is brought to us by FanDuel America's number one sports book. <laughs> right now, new customers get $150 in bonus Boy, bets guaranteed just by placing a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. <laughs> and the best part about FanDuel is its simplicity. And there are so many different ways to bet, including live same game parlays you can find bets in the new explorer tab you can make parlays in the parlay hub which is the best and most popular way to find pre-made parlays and so much more so make sure you visit fanduel.com slash ucss to make your first bet a layup fanduel an official partner of the nfl an official partner of the ultimate cleveland sports show if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.